Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. What? I got a riddle for you. Okay. Does it matter? And this is something that I've struggled with since college. Maybe even high school. Your shoulder? No. I don't even find that funny as I'm sitting here spasming as we speak. Your elbows? No. And don't even say knees next. Does it matter if you're right if no one listens to you? No. That's really, really hard to for me to absorb. I agree, but it's hard. Okay. Well, how is that a riddle? I don't know. Sounded riddle. That was just a question. Well, it's a question wrapped in a riddle. Okie dokie then. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. Oh, so now you're going to be nice. To the audience, yes. But to you, no. So I said... And I wasn't <coughs> mean. I just pointed out that your question... No, you started off mean. not a riddle. I said, hey, something that's bothered me since college. You're like, your shoulder, elbow, knees. That's not being mean. I'm just pointing out facts. Uh-huh. So I was a mean person. Uh-huh. So we've been trying to teach our 12-year-old something, our oldest. And because he, he is exactly like you. And he has struggled with this as well. Correct. Does it matter if you're right if no one listens? So the example that we've given him is <clears throat> if you know like something's bad's go- something bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you've got the ability to prevent it. Yep. And you know it's going to happen. Does it matter if you're right, if no one listens to you, if no one follows? No, it doesn't because the bad thing's going to happen anyway. Well, it matters if you're right, though, and people follow. Right. And this is something that I've been talking to. It's kind of a segue into behavioral finance. And it's something that I've been talking to a lot of clients recently face to face because one of the coolest things that happened I had this guy come in and he had an annuity mm-hmm. and he said you know Mike the you know I was talking to like Bob at my shop I always love that when a, when a story starts with I was talking to Fred I'm always I, I just like buckle in going oh boy what did Fred say now there's like that Fred in everyone's life Fred the farmer yes or, and I'm not knocking farmers I'm friends with a ton of them no 
Um, but it's like that Larry the uh, not cable guy. What was it? Larry the gas station attendant. Remember Correct. the the Jay Leno piece we did yes. once. Well, so he says, you know, Fred says annuities aren't good. Now, understand this is somebody close to retirement. Mm-hmm. He needs more income. And we had already determined with him that he never wanted to live just on his Social Security alone. Right. That he needed more income. And we talked about different ways to get that income. Mm-hmm. Now, as we went through a process, and our process takes, I don't know, how many weeks or months six to eight weeks maybe yeah quite a bit i mean and that's probably from the first meeting they have with myself or another investment advisor right and so we had gone down a lot of different ways he could increase his income in retirement didn't like the idea of options that that income might change someday Mm -hmm. like negatively that weren't secure or as stable so we had derived at this one together and now all of a sudden fred who i've never met you know, doesn't think it's a good idea. So it was the coolest thing. What an illustration of behavioral finance. He comes in, we're talking about it. He goes, Mike. I'm like, what? Well, Fred says annuities aren't good. All right. Why? He goes, well, riddle me this almost like I did with you. Uh-huh. Except for he probably had a riddle. No. <laughs> he didn't have a riddle. But he said, if I had bought annuities and made lower returns because we're the money that we put, the type of annuities we're using here were safe. Mm-hmm. They don't go down. Right. So they're boring, okay? But oh well. Like right. a Prius. But at 75, you don't want something that's going to tank 50%. Right. And a Prius is boring. But it's reliable. But there's a lot of people who like their Prius. Has anyone ever gotten out of a Prius after a test drive and go, whoo, now that is an exciting car? No. Said no one <laughs> ever. So this is boring. I'm thinking of a movie that we've seen when a Prius goes by, but I don't think I can say what they say, so no, I'm going to let it go. No. Uh-uh. You can't. And so, he's hard, you know, so this is a boring product we got him in. And he said, Mike, Fred told me this. I'm like, what? Had I bought an annuity, this type of annuity, when I started investing my 401k, I wouldn't really even have a 401k today. It wouldn't have grown that much. Okay. And what a great point. Now, to him, this was like knife and dagger, like, ha! The end-all, be-all. Right. Like, thought that this was going to win the argument. Maybe I shouldn't call it an argument, but whatever. It was going to prove his point. And I looked at him and I go, you know what? I agree. Dun, dun, dun. And I go, hey, do you like football? Now, he looked at me when I said, do you like football? With one of those gazes saying, what? Because you do that all the time to your clients. Look at him. Do you like to vote? Do you like cars? Do you like this? And they look at you and go, what does this have to do with my discussion right now? People that have been a client a long time, or more than a year, I'd even say, understand that the moment I do that, I'm going to prove a point to them without saying the point, they will get the point. Right. I reached a point years ago where I figured I got to stop telling people and have you know and help them come to that, that answer. So I look at him and go, do you like football? He's like, uh, yeah. I'm like, now, hold on. Do you like Michigan football? You threw that rock in there, did you? I did. Just serve that one up because if he was a state fan, he would have, wham, see you later. Well, and this is before states lost to Wisconsin too. So I'm like, do you like Michigan? And he gave me one of those looks. I'm like, I do. He's like, yeah, well, yeah. I go, did you see the game against Wisconsin? And his face, you know, head immediately bobs down. You were not winning points before the meeting you lost 40 points in the meeting. Well, hold on. Dig the hole deeper. 
You know what? I think this is a perfect time to take a break. When we come back, though, I'm going to show you how looking at how Wisconsin played that football game is a great was the exact analogy was the exact same thing I was doing for him in his retirement and when he learned when he saw that that was the exact same thing that we were doing in his retirement guess what he thought it was a great you plan. filled the hole back in yeah I filled the hole <laughs> back in thanks let's take a quick break and we'll be back everyone knows I like to focus on quality and they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost it's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Michael. What? Just because we don't have a car payment doesn't mean that you get to go on eBay and buy whatever you want because it was a good deal. All right. So a lot of our listeners know I probably have a problem when it comes to vehicles. We have old classics, even some new classics. We got UNX limo. We even have a fire truck. How do you find a place that can do everything? All those different type of vehicles, transmissions, oil changes, little repairs, big repairs. It's pretty hard. I've been taking all of our cars to Global Auto Works in Grand Haven for at least the last five years. And Mike asks the hard questions that nobody seems to be able to answer, so if he can trust them, so can you. If you're having car trouble, go to Global Auto Works. Their phone number is 616-499-4451. That's 616-499-4451. Say Mike and Vanessa sent you. Their number is 616-499-4451. Welcome back, everybody, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. Don't forget, you can check us out on Twitter. Once a month is good. (laughs) Uh, We tweet a couple times a month. I mean, we're not like a Twitter addict like some people out there. Well, right. We are not. Although my phone did some random update. And now Twitter alerts me with articles I might like. And I'm really annoyed because my phone goes off in the middle of the night. And my phone is my alarm. And what does it say about us that it keeps giving us LA Times articles? Like, here's an LA Times article. Don't get on the rabbit hole trail. No, this is what I've noticed, though. Well, now this says CNN and stuff. But, like, I get things like a woman believed her child was dead and then she received an email. Or ravenous alligators are loose in a flooded basement in crawl. What could possibly go wrong? And I'm like, what do I care about these You spend things? way too much time on social media, apparently. I don't. The alert comes through when you can read it on an iPhone. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I get whatever. It. So, before, remember, you can check us out. You can tweet us. You can join us on uh, Twitter. At fireproofshow.com. No, it's Twitter.com. Just at Fireproof Show. Now, this last week, you couldn't remember the name of our Twitter handle. This week, you can't remember the, the website. How do you even get there? <laughs> I just shout out, tweet. It never right. works. So, <clears throat> all right. If you're just joining us before the break, we're talking about this client that comes in. and he, We're talking about an annuity, a boring annuity, like the Prius of annuities. Mm-hmm. Boring. Right. But safe. And I used football as an analogy. The guy comes in and I'm like, hey, do you like football? He's like, what? I'm like, hey, do you like football? Are you a Michigan fan? I am. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Wisconsin. And I go, did you see the two touchdowns we scored in the fourth quarter during mop-up time? Yep. But he didn't. He's like, no. I turned it turned it away. Which, by the way, is a pet peeve of mine. If you're a fan, you keep watching, by the way. But If it hurts real bad like a knife to the heart, sometimes you just got to walk away. Nope, nope, nope. And so <clears throat> he goes, 
No, I didn't see it. I go, but we we outscored Wisconsin in the fourth quarter, at least the second half of the fourth quarter. I don't remember what. And I go, if, if Wisconsin played the entire game the way they played the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. I go, would they have won? Probably not. He goes, uh-uh, they wouldn't have. And I go, you remember that Jonathan Taylor dude? That really big running back that keeps like running over everyone? He goes, yeah. I go, hmm, you know they took him out? At the end? He goes, well, yeah, that makes sense. I go, and they put like their se- some of their second and third string people in there in defense, and then, again, we kept our main people in, and we scored two touchdowns, two more than what Michigan State scored. But I, I'm Okay, not, I'm not all right, you're out. splitting hairs. <laughs> and we gave up fewer points, too. <laughs> all right, but I'm not picking on State. What I'm saying is I look at him and go, so why would they take Jonathan Taylor out? Well, because he's one of your best players, why would you risk him getting injured when you're steamrolling a team? Whoa, 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 but Jonathan Taylor got you there. Right. Your your starters on defense got you there. It's a guaranteed W in the book. Why would you keep him in there? Because remember what Fred at his shop said? Had you started this way, had you gone boring at the beginning, you wouldn't be where you're at today. And I said, I agree. Well, right, but that's not how you play the game. And I go, so... You're telling me that Wisconsin played the fourth quarter differently? I go, why on earth would they do that when they spent three quarters building the lead? Why would you jeopardize? He goes, Mike, there's not enough time. They already knew they were going to get the W. Right. And I go, why would they take their best player out of the game? Well, because he might get injured. I go, oh, so they're going to take something they want to make sure that they don't lose and save them for the next game? Well, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I go, do you see that that's exactly what we're doing in your retirement portfolio? Do you yell at people like this in your office? Um, nope. <laughs> I just, I, you know I what? just is a curious <clears throat> question that I, popped into my head. Do you yell at people in your office? No, because they say it with a smile. If you say it with a smile, it's not yelling. It's just talking really loud. No, it's talking. It, it's getting excited. I get excited oh, okay. and stuff like this. Anyway, continue. I get excited because... You know, he gets his smirk. He's like, and he didn't fully have it yet. But he had about $300,000. Guess how much we had in these boring annuities? 130 I go, do you not? I said, is it not a fact that you need more income in addition to what Social Security is going to provide you? He goes, yes. I go, do you want to risk those dollars? He goes, no. I go, can you see that we're taking 130000 out of this, almost three hundred, and it's like you're Jonathan Taylor. We're taking them out of the game so you don't have to worry about it. Right. We know that no matter what, that they're going to be there for tomorrow's game, no matter mm-hmm. what happens. Right. Isn't that a better plan? Haven't you sacrificed? Haven't you earned? Haven't you been put yourself in the position that you're able to now take the your foot off the pedal in some areas? I would hope his answer was yes. Oh, he got it then. Well, good. He fully got it then. And it brings us to this paradox that I'm seeing right now. And that how hard is it to go from talking about growth? Like he spent his whole, he spent the last 40 years focusing on growth. Mm -hmm. And now here we are a few years away from retirement. And what am I trying to get him to focus on? Income. Correct. Um, your, Your dad is a great example of this. It, it really and it com- it's going to come back to growth and and I, when will you spend it? So it goes back to the question I asked the riddle I asked at the beginning the of t- the today the question that does it matter if you're right if no one listens? No. Similarly, does it matter if you get growth if you won't use it? No. And that's the beef you and I have with Dave Ramsey, a big one, isn't it? Yeah. 
that he tells what what does he magnify? What's he put out as this paramount that everyone should seek to achieve? When you hit a million dollars, you've made it. And that everyone wants to be a millionaire. Well, I'm sorry, but I know some people who are quote unquote considered millionaires and they're broke. Or, you know, don't put in a pension because it doesn't earn enough when you could put it in the market and become a millionaire. You could also put it in the market and it could go down to zero. Take that out because regulators get all, what do you mean zero? And this is where we get lost in arguments about the return. It goes back to, is it not the case that when you put the paramount, the the achievement as you're going to be a millionaire, that once you have it, do you really want to spend it? No. If you identify as a millionaire, do you want to become an 800000 heir? No. So what good is it if you have it if you won't use it? It's useless. Here's where your dad comes into this. You, you guys are in construction. Mm-hmm. Now, in construction, you've got... Psych, it's cyclical annually. Yes. Yep. It's got hot times. It's got slow times. Yep. Here's the We're thing. We're coming up on slow times. Here's I'm the thing that always cracks that me up. There. When, <clears throat> when you guys are hammering, right, and you're four weeks out and everything's just right, and I'm really about busy, ready to throat punch somebody. Yes. <laughs> now he's gotten better at. It, but when I first met, when we first started dating, your dad wouldn't take a vacation to that period. So he'd say what. Well, I can't take off now. Right, because we're so busy, I don't have the time and blah, 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 and this is when I make the money. And then when you get slow. I can't take off now. I don't have the money. (laughs) Now watch how how you've been programmed to do the same in finance with growth. What does growth matter if you won't use it? We got to have this transition from growth to income. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Well, do you want to spend any of this money? No, it's been it's been growing. I'm not going to spend it now. Look, it's making all this money. And then when it loses, I can't spend it now. I lost it. I got to let it come back. And then it starts coming back and starts making all this money hand over fist. And what happens? Oh, it's growing. I got to let it keep growing. I can't use it now. Look at how much it's growing by. It's a paradox that affects people. This is the behaviors behind it. What good is growth if you won't use it? And one of these hard transitions is getting people to go from growth mindset to an income mindset. Um, let's take our last break and then when we come back I'm going to share something that shocked me in a movie that I've watched at least a thousand okay I'm exaggerating but maybe honestly maybe I've watched this movie a hundred times do you actually remember the name of the movie or are you going to call it something else I don't find you funny anymore no not even a little bit not even at all not even a smidge Oh, come on. That was good because you know you can't remember movie titles to save your life. I choose not to and you still understand the movie I'm talking about. Uh-huh. It's because I grew up with my father. Yeah. Follow me. Watch your back. Right? That was? I'm not sure because I didn't watch that one with you. Oh. See Me Now is like the best one. What? Well, now it was Paranoid. Okay. Well, I didn't watch Paranoid with you, but See Me Now is what you call Now You See Me. And my dad always calls Up a Crick. It's without a pedal. So what? It's annoying. It's just irritating. Did you get it? You got it. I did get it. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. 
Do your assets feel like a round peg in a square hole? It's possible that you are exposing your assets to more risk than you can tolerate, or you might be missing opportunities with that leftover space in the corners. The Color of Money Risk Analysis assesses your financial picture and provides a roadmap to your overall risk preferences. The output will be a proprietary Color of Money score. This short, interactive analysis is a helpful step on the road to retirement. Take the Color of Money Risk Analysis at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com to determine if you have the right risk balance today. Welcome, everyone, to the last segment of Fireproof Your Finances. I'm not going to say it since you say it. I always say it, but we appreciate being here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Side note. All right. I have watched, and yes, I know the name to this movie. I have watched Rocky. Oh, well, okay. One one word. <laughs> one word, and it is the main character's name. You can't screw that up. I have watched that boxing movie with Sylvester something. I've watched Pebble. <laughs> I, I, I've watched Dude Running Upstairs in Philly at least 100 times, okay? All right. Now, we're watching this together, and at the end, every if you haven't seen this, I've been talking to people face-to-face, and I go, do you remember the end? I had somebody today, she's like, I haven't even seen that movie in 30 years. I go, you've got to remember the end, the iconic ending. He's in the ring. He's bawling, yelling out, yo, Adrian! <laughs> nice try. You don't think that was right? I thought It I, was close. I thought I did pretty Ish. good. He is bawling. He is crying. Why is he crying? Now, you know the answer because, already. Well, yeah. He's not crying because he's upset. Most Now, most people, though, think that's the reason. Because he lost. Yep. Because how do we define victory? You're the last guy standing. You win, right? right. You um, have the most points on the board. And if you don't remember, if you haven't watched Rocky in 30 years, he doesn't win that first match. It's nope. a split decision, but he loses. Fights his heart out, but he loses. He's crying at the end, bawling his eyes out. Not because he lost. See, about right before that fight, about 20 minutes before the end of the movie, if you haven't seen this, you don't remember this, I'm telling you, go watch this. It's, you don't even have to watch the whole thing. Just watch this part. It's so cool. He can't sleep. He's walking around town. He goes into the arena, all that. He comes back, and Adrian's in the apartment. And she's like, what's wrong? And he goes, you know, I'm nothing. I don't belong here. I'll never beat Apollo. Right. But I just want to be standing at the end. Every time he gets knocked down in the ring and he gets back up, it's not because he's got a brain injury. It's not because he's stubborn. It's not because he wants to beat Apollo. It's because he told himself, if I can just stand at the end, I've done something no one thinks I can. Right. I've already been told I'm going to lose and I don't think that I can win. But if I can stay standing, that's a victory because I'm a no name. And he balls at the end because he's still standing. Mm -hmm. I, along with probably every male out there, thought he was crying at the end because like involuntarily crying, just an involuntary response to putting your heart on the line 15 rounds and losing. But he doesn't think he lost. Right. You know, he thinks he's bawling. It's an involuntary reaction out of joy that he did it. Mm -hmm. He accomplished something he didn't think he could think. And I use that with people right now because this growth and this income paradox that we've got going on, what are you using to define victory for retirement? Because we've got Dave out there saying, when you're a millionaire, what good is it? It's not any if you're not What good is growth if you won't use it? Right. And you've had 40 years of every, any time that, you know, if you're a married couple, any time one of you even talked about going into the 401k, dipping in, what happened? <gasps> no. Hand got smacked. It's like going in the cookie jar, whap, hand gets smacked. You know, my, the day I hate most, 
out of any day in the year, you know the day I hate most? Michigan, Ohio State. You know the second <laughs> day I hate most? The day before Thanksgiving. Why? Oh, because I'm making all the food and you're standing in the kitchen eating half of it. I try to. I open the fridge. You're like on the other end of the house. I open the fridge. I grab a spoon and I hear this. That's not for you. Get out of there. I'm like, how does she even know that I opened the fridge? There's like an alarm on the fridge linked to your iPhone. No, I'm like my mom. Like she says, she can hear a mouse fart a mile away. So can I. But it's this, it's there and I can't even touch it. What good is growth if you won't use it? You've spent 40 years not using it. And now all of a sudden you think it's going to be easy to use. It's not. Well, because you've trained yourself to not use it. And when it goes up, and here's the thing, when it goes down, you're not going to use it. You're going to let it come back. Right. And you go, well, I'm going to be less aggressive. Cool. So instead of losing 40% in a recession, you'll lose 20. Guess what? You still won't use it. Because if you have a hundred grand and it goes down to, you know, if Bob has a hundred grand, it goes down to sixty. You got a hundred grand, it goes down to eighty. You're not going to look at look at Bob and find Bob lost forty, only lost twenty. I can lose twenty grand before I catch up to Bob. No, you're going to be upset about the twenty. Exactly. Here's another analogy. Ramsey's system does not work because he trains people to pay off debt. He doesn't train people how to save and pay off debt no. and manage. Nope. It's only one end of the spectrum. You have to be able to do the whole entire, it's, everything, all the way around the bo- book. No, notice he has seven steps, and what step does he celebrate? Debt-free scream, which is right. step number two. So what not, are the rest of the steps for? Because he assumes that people watch it, and I get it. But going back to Rocky, how are you defining, how are you defining success into retirement? Are you defining it based on how big you, you can get this thing to grow? And I'm telling you, if you are. It's wrong because you've been growing it for 40 years and you haven't been touching it for 40 years. And now all of a sudden you want to take out on a monthly basis. It's really hard because you've trained yourself not to. And when it's gaining, you're going to go, I don't want to touch it now. Look at how much it's making. And when it's losing, you won't touch it because you got to let it come back. Right. Rocky defined victory, not based on winning. Well, not based on beating Apollo, but based on being standing at the end. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you're listening right now, I guess if you are listening, that's, you hear me. You can turn the radio back up. I think he's done yelling now. I challenge you to define victory. I challenge you to define victory in retirement as having as much of a seamless transition as possible from your pre-retirement wages or your pre-retirement spending of those wages, right? Mm -hmm. To your post-retirement income. That's what it's about. If you accumulate a bunch of wealth, but you won't use it because you're programmed not, not to, what difference does it make? Right. Does it matter? <clears throat> does it matter if you're right, if no one listens? No. Does it matter if it grows, if you won't use it? No. It's really hard to use money that you've programmed yourself not to, say take out $500 a month, knowing it should last, but it won't necessarily it's just really hard. Right. You're unlikely to do so. And it brings me back to your father. When he should take the vacation when things are slow, he won't because... They don't have any money. Well, they have money, but the business isn't... Yeah. His, in his mind, January, February, and March, they don't make any money. Right. So I can't do it now. Right. And then when all the business is there... Oh, I'm four weeks out. I can't do it. I don't have the time. Are you not that... There's always something. Are you not that same... Is is that not going to be the same way for you? 
listening in retirement. Can you see how easy it is to get into that trap? And even imagine you do, say you go, oh, I won't have a problem spending it. Imagine you do spend it when things are good. You shouldn't spend it when it's down, though. Even if it loses 20%. Everyone loses 40. You only lose 20. You shouldn't spend it. You should let it come back, right? Right. So let's say that we have a downturn every 10 years, once a decade. It's actually on average about seven, but I'll, I'll elongate, make it once every 10. Can you remember a time where we had a recession? Normal recession, we lose 40, and it all came back the next year? No. It's never happened. No. Can you remember a time that economists accurately predicted and gave you a warning when the economy, when the crash was going to happen? Never. Nope. Less than 2% of the time do they do that. So here's the deal. Let's imagine, though, that in retirement, once every 10 years that we're going to have that downturn, it's going to take three or four years to recover. Once every 10 years, you're not going to use this money at all for three to four years so that it can come back because that's what you should do because you're not planning for downturns. Right. Is that the financial freedom you thought of? No, absolutely not. Once basically a, like just put it in that account and nobody is ever going to touch it again. Once a decade in retirement, you're not going to touch it for three or four years? That seems lousy. Prepare for a downturn and define victory in retirement different. Stop differently. Stop defining it as how much can I get this grow and go to this transition that it's got to be an income mindset because income is what you need in retirement, not assets. Mm-hmm. That's all the time we have for you today. It's been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.